Welcome back, y'all. This is the Dynasty Duo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, CJ Krause, always here with my good friend, Tyler Karp. Tyler, how are we doing today? I'm great. I did get my SFP 11 invite today. I did update my bio. Yes, I'm excited. That was a very nice email to receive. And thank you, uh, Scott and Ryan, for including me once again. So I played last year made it to the semifinals. So I'm, I'm hoping I want to win. I want to win this year. You'll never hear the end of it if I do. Well, I bet we will never hear the end of it if you win. No, you I won't. mean, I'm still waiting for mine, hopefully, so I can beat you inside the Scott Fish Bowl. But let's see if I get my invite first and foremost. But now it's good to be back, guys. So to, on today's show, we are going to be talking about a signing that I'm really excited to hear Tyler's opinion on. And then we hit that rookie rewind once again, doing our wide receivers and tight ends from the 2020 class. But let's hop into the news. Now, the signing happened after we finished recording, a couple days after, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week. James Conner signing to the Arizona Cardinals on a one-year, $1.75 million contract puts a wrench right into the Chase Edmonds RB1 talk we've been hearing all around Twitter before this. We haven't believed in it, but we know Tyler is not believing it. So, Tyler, what's your opinion on James Conner signing? No, I mean... This is exactly what I've been saying is going to happen. Chase Evans is not a workhorse back. He's not even a starter. They signed a starter and Connor. I mean, he's not that good either. I'm not really a big James Connor fan. Uh, he's always injured as well. Now they have two running backs that are always injured. They, they've really doubled up on that. I think that they could still take a running back in the draft if the right one falls to them. It's, it's put them in a situation where they don't have to take a running back, but... I kind of think that they will. They have, they're not going to take one in the first round anymore. They could take one in the second. I think it's at 49th overall, but I anticipate that the big three will be gone and anyone else at that pick seems like kind of a reach. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they do. They do have a fourth round pick where they could easily take a running back there. It's, uh, it's an interesting situation. They, I feel like James Conner and Chase Edmonds is not enough. I would feel like they were enough at all with their injury history. Like they need a third back in there somewhere. I think someone like a Trey Sermon might be that someone be nice. that could go there and just be how useful. Are they, they're not going to get Trey Sermon though. Like they going to go before the fourth. He's too expensive to go at 49 and he'll be gone uh, by the fourth. I, I actually was discussing Trey Sermon earlier uh, when I was writing an article put him in the third round. I just don't see how the Cardinals are going to end up with him, but it's possible. I'm also, they don't need any sort of specific kind of running back. They have a boring two down, mostly plotter and Connor and someone who's like a James white type and Edmonds. So they could get anything, like any kind of running back. And it might, it would help. They don't have like one kind that they specifically need. I think that they're going to do that. And then uh, Connor and Edmonds' value is going to go down even further. I would just stay away, personally. 
So you think it's like a Chuba Hubbard or someone in that range is going to be more so going to the team in that fourth, yeah, round, somewhere around there. That could be right. I mean, that he's someone who's been linked to them before. I, I think this is going to end up being a mess. I think it's going to be a three a three way committee, and I'm not really sure. Like James Conner on a 1.75 million dollar deal, Chase Edmonds, who's been a backup for three years and was a fourth round pick originally, or a fourth round pick this year. Like, who are you really going to prefer out of that group? It's kind of going to be and with Kyler Murray even taking over some of the rushing duties as well as he likes to yeah. run with the ball and he's going to rush and get some rushing touchdowns and it's just messy it's, it's messy. just messy so if you have I, Connor yeah. it's your cell window is like cracked right open. now and way to get rid of him before the draft is a great way to go about it one person I think I want to bring up a little fast is Gaskin dodges another bullet he's got one more bullet to dodge but I don't think he's going to dodge Ooh. the draft that so. one I actually think would have been good like I think if Miami had signed Connor then they would have been done with running backs, because they also signed, unlike the Cardinals, they also signed Malcolm Brown, and they also have Salvin Ahmed on the roster, who at least played in 2020. I'm like, I think if they, they would have then had four running backs who've actually like contributed in the NFL. So I think they would have been done with running backs if they had signed James Conner. And I think Miles Gaskin is better than James Conner or Chase Edmonds. Oh, it's, I totally agree. it's just it's just another way to muddy the waters over there. He's been, Gaskin's been this, like I said, we talk about him a good amount. He could literally be a steal. Or he could just be worthless and be just a um, high-value handcuff here he's very not, soon. Yeah, he's not going to hold his current value after the draft no matter what. He's either going to be worth way less or way more. It's one of those things where it's just it's, kind it's, of it's definitely a gamble on whichever side you're on. I mean, I would be in the selling side personally because I think Me Miami too. finds a way. But if we could be totally wrong on this one and he could just spike back up and be a very solid RB2 in that range. So Yeah. I mean, he did it once, so he could do it again. 100%. We are building towards the NFL draft, which, again, we are going to have our draft party, our draft review of round one during live on the NFL draft. We've got some great guests we get to announce here soon. Probably going to announce those next week once we get it all solidified. Yeah. So one big thing. But um, right now, we're going to jump back in time. Let's head into the rewind. <laughs> so there are so many wide receivers that came out last year and there's so many drafted like right in a row as yeah. well that so like certain ones you could have grabbed you could be like you're a little burnt on there like some of these guys we'll talk about here soon some of the guys would have been great steals based on how they finished so we're going to start right at the top the 1.08 as of 2020 may adp was Jerry Judy. He was the first wide receiver off the board based on DLF ADP of May 2020, like I said. 52 receptions, 856 yards, three touchdowns in 16 games. Did Jerry Judy deserve to be the number one wide receiver off the board? Well, of course not. Uh, he shouldn't have been. I mean, CeeDee Lamb was a clear one for me. Uh, Jerry Judy was my number two wide receiver in last year's class at the time. Uh, I think that his rookie year, he reminds me a lot of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he was not great. He was not as good as we expected, but he was not. People have overreacted and think that his rookie year was awful. It really wasn't awful. He had the highest percentage of uncatchable balls of any receiver, or it was close to the top. I forget. There might have been a couple others up there, but he was very high up there. Why might that be? Let's think about, hmm, give that just a second. Why might that have been? Oh, right, because Drew Locke is incapable of throwing the ball anywhere on the field. And he, there were multiple plays in 2020. Just go back and watch some of the games. 
Jerry Drew is wide open. Drew Locke, he looks, and then, now nah, he just looks somewhere else and doesn't decide to throw the ball. Or the ball is, like, 20 feet over Judy's head. It's just, it's a disaster. That's why Judy didn't do very well. And if they go with Locke again, I will be out again on Jerry Judy in 2021 because Locke is so bad that I think that no receivers can succeed there. To be yeah, honest, I think I think they really just take a quarterback. I think they find a way to get one of the ones in the draft, especially with other teams getting their quarterbacks already. They're going to be that sweet spot to get a player. Like I said, I love that you're comparing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I was going to go that route. It's exactly what you think. He had a good rookie season. Other players just did better. And a couple other players did better, so it burns you a little bit, but doesn't mean it was a bad pick. I still think C.D. Lamb, which we'll talk about next, was the number one receiver of last year's class, even though he didn't even finish as the best receiver overall last year. I think he was the clear one, and Judy was the clear two. I agree. So, but not by these um, ADP rankings. So we'll jump right into C.D. Lamb now. He was taken at the 1.09 as of May 2020 ADP. 74 reception, 935 yards, five touchdowns, played all 16 games. But you got to take into account, he did play a lot of those games with Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. So the team had a DiNucci problem for a minute. Uh, what's your opinion on CeeDee? Well, CeeDee Lamb is one of my favorite players. And I wrote an entire article saying that he was going to become amazing in year two. I really like CeeDee Lamb. He was on a pace of 1,373 yards in the games that Dak Prescott played, if you'd prorated that over a full season. He was a wide receiver one during the wide receiver 12 during the time that Dak Prescott played. He was from minute one, he was good. He didn't really show any adjustment time to the NFL. He was good from the beginning. That's difficult. Jerry Judy didn't do that. A lot of the, even Justin Jefferson took a couple of games to kind of get going. I'm all in on, on CeeDee Lamb. He's my wide receiver six in all of Dynasty. I'm pretty in, especially now that they re-signed Dak to a big contract. They're going to play together for at least the next three years. Yeah, C.D. Lamb is exactly who we thought he was. And, like, he blew out most of my expectations a lot of the time, especially playing a bad quarterback. Again, I love receivers that can do well with bad quarterbacks because then we see their floor. And his, if his floor is 74 receptions, 935 yards with an Andy Dalton and a Ben DiNucci, I'm completely cool yeah. with what he's going to put up with a Dak Prescott, especially at his young age. So interesting fact with that one. I mean, I'm just going to go with the next one. Where do you have Justin Jefferson, who went at the 111? He finished 8 eight receptions, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns in 16 games. One of the best rookie seasons I've ever seen. Do you have Justin Jefferson higher or CeeDee Lamb higher in your right now rankings? Well, I have Justin Jefferson as my dynasty wide receiver one. So I have That's Justin Jefferson higher. Yes, Justin Jefferson is higher. He, I mean, he produced 1,400 yards to rookie. He had, what, what do you say, 88 receptions? Yeah, 88 receptions, seven touchdowns, 1,400 yards. I mean... There really hasn't been a rookie season like that. And just given the rookie production, I can't deny it. I He's so young. He did it at his age 21 season. That was his rookie production. He's my dynasty wide receiver one, and I'm perfectly comfortable with it. Yeah, he's credited for 16 games, but he really didn't get started until a few weeks into the season. He was the fourth receiver, fifth receiver on that depth chart. It wasn't even getting high snap counts until like week three. So that's the biggest thing with that. So take that into account as well. An offseason, working with Cousins more, not playing with the number two team. So we see a bump up. But there really isn't much more ceiling to go from here, though. Well, Realistic. how can there be more ceiling when you're already <laughs> valued as, as the one? I mean, yeah. I, I, I get it. I get why some might say, oh, you know, it's the worst most he's ever going to be worth. You should sell. But 
generally you don't make a business of selling 22 year old stud wide receivers that's usually a bad thing you usually don't do that those are usually players that you keep so there, i would there's no way i'm selling justin jefferson if i have him, unless i get like a severe overpay because like would, yeah he has the capability of being the number one dynasty asset in a one quarterback league as soon as next year he might be flirting with that right now he has the ability to be a top eight pick in Superflex as of next year so yeah. i don't see how he is this is his like he might not ever have a better like overall like stretch of games but he could definitely repeat this this is a repeatable stat line for a player like this completely he could have more receptions than 88 oh yeah he could be 100 reception season and Easy. You know, they, he could have more than seven touchdowns even too so like i don't think i think this is like Thielen had 13 yeah so Thielen, Thielen's over. getting up there in age there's so many variables with this one 1400 yards might be around the high level of that because 1400 is a lot of yards that's a great season um when you break it down especially but i mean I'm. I would not be selling him. I would need like three firsts. I wouldn't sell him. Can I just don't that? sell. I don't sell players like this. I. I'm not selling him. I. He is a cornerstone of the team. Would be a my dynasty team. He'd be one of the players I'd want to build around. I don't sell players like this. I think that you shouldn't. This is how you build winning teams around young studs, and you should hang on to him. Be happy that you got him at the 111. You made out like a bandit. And I don't really think there's too much more to say about Justin Jefferson. So no, everyone loves it. Maybe something is three or four in all of Dynasty, but that's whatever. We're nitpicking that. Yeah, he's great. Don't trade him. Um, yeah. The 112 last year on for the ADP was Jalen Rager. Oh. 31 receptions, 396 yards, one touchdown in 11 games. I saw a lot of guys deciding between Justin Jefferson and Rager. So interesting to see this because I saw Rager – Drafted over Jefferson a good amount. That's why their ADP is so close. It is. Um, very and close. if you did that, you're a little upset with how it ended up, or a lot upset. Uh, yeah, what's your opinion couldn't... on Rager, though, especially now with Jalen Hurts at the uh, we, we wouldn't know anyone who told a lot of people to do that, right? I mean, there's, there's, nobody, there's nobody on this podcast who, who luckily, <laughs> I didn't have to do a following back then, so a lot of people don't remember it. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't know anyone who gave yeah, that. Tyler, Tyler doesn't have any hard misses like that. You know? Yeah, no, I, I never miss like that, right? Um, oh boy, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad I was never personally put in the situation. I just didn't come up in any of my leagues where I had that pick to choose between the two. So I'm glad I don't have that regret. But I, I have a guy that was drafted a little bit later that I was taking over Justin Jefferson. I'll be honest. I'll tell you who it is when we get there. But I'm fine with who I got. I'm not like ecstatic. Yeah, I. Job, but I but just on to, on to, on to Rager there. Devastated. Where do we see him going in the next season in 2021? I'm not optimistic. I I don't like him. I I just think that he kind of got screwed. He now has. First of all, the Eagles still have not traded Zach Ertz. I assume that they're going to. Does anybody even want him? That's the question. No, that's another issue. I I think there's been so many links with Ertz to Buffalo, but. If Hurts doesn't go away, then that's more targets not going to Rager of a tiny pie that I think Jalen Hurts is. I think Jalen Hurts is another Lamar Jackson. That's what I, I think. think. It's way worse than that. I don't think he's going to be rushing more often. I think on things in his passing is like significantly worse than Lamar Jackson. In my you opinion. think so? Uh, I think yeah. it's the other way. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think that it's in some ways it's the other way around. I, I think, think he'll that, get on like hot streaks and then he'll be like super cold, which, which Lamar is like constantly lukewarm. I think we'll see some games where um, Hurts will be like super hot. The next game will just be like basement level. To me, the biggest difference between the two, I think they both have passing struggles. I 
Actually, Hurst was a pretty good passer his last year in college, but it's the only year he was ever a good passer. He wasn't good at Alabama. He wasn't good in the NFL. So he was good at Oklahoma as a passer, not in the other places. Maybe he'll be able to capture some of that. Uh, he's not the kind of explosive athlete that Lamar Jackson is. But the problem with Hurts is I just think that he's going to funnel all of the offense to himself. And I think that we're going to majorly suffer with all of the other receivers. I have some hope that he can use. The reason I bring up Lamar Jackson is I have a lot of hope for someone like Dallas Goddard, who is used or could be used similar to how Mark Andrews was used. But I think that's the only guy you're going to want. I don't think you're going to want the speedy receiver type Hollywood Brown. How did that go with Lamar Jackson? Very poorly. How do we think Jalen Rager is going to go with Jalen Hurts? I think it's going to be very poorly. I don't think Jalen Rager is going to get a fair shake. And the Eagles are linked to a receiver at number 12 overall. They could have their pick of Devonta Smith, who would, to me, immediately surpass Rager. He would, he would take over that role or, as number one oh, the alpha, right alpha. away. Yeah, he would become their X receiver, moving Rager to kind of a Z or maybe even a slot role if they, who knows what they're going to do. And then if they take Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle is just a better version of Jalen Rager. I don't, yeah, he's, he's, he's the better speedster of the two, 100%. Like. He's a better speedster. He's, he literally does everything that Rager does, except better. And I don't really like Jalen Waddle, but I think that he's still better than Jalen Rager. So if that happened, I would be completely out because I would see no role for Rager in the offense. It's clear that they just think that Rager was a mistake and they'd be moving on. So unfortunately, I think part of it is he struggled with injuries last year. He had to deal with the Carson Wentz, uh, Wentz whatever stuff. you want to call that, <laughs> uh, the worst quarterback season. It is the worst quarterback season by a former good quarterback that I have ever seen. So he had to deal with that. And I think it's just one of those guys where he clearly is not a superstar. Superstars shine no matter what. DeAndre Hopkins shine no matter what. So he's not a superstar, but unfortunately, I think Rager's the kind of player who might have been good if he had been in the right situation, but he's not good enough to overcome the car the cards he was dealt, and I don't think he ever will. So I would sell, personally. Yeah, if you can get a good sell for him, I would probably take an early second for him if I can get in an that early tier. early second in Superflex, you would Correct. take? yeah. And I'm fine with that. I... I, I yeah, that sounds about right. Because 2.01, 2.02, you can probably get like a waddle in you that can, range. And, and I'd rather have the waddle than him kind of thing. So I think... And that, yeah, that's where I draw the line, actually. Waddle is the guy I would want. Yeah, looking at that, it looks like he's even too high. I might have to move him down in my rankings or maybe move the picks up a little bit. I, I'm I'm pretty out on Rager. I, I think he, unfortunately, he'll be one of those what could have been where like you saw flashes, but it just never came together. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's good enough. I think he's more can be on the field and be like a decoy. I don't think he's good enough to be the guy. And I don't think the quarterback's good enough to hold two receivers Yeah, to be fantasy relevant. I, I just think that if he had been given like the Miko Hardman role on the Chiefs, I think he would have succeeded, not failed. But I think because or, he was... Or like the MVS role on the, the Packers. Packers. Yeah, he yeah. might have succeeded there. Yeah. and not failed but he just that's the card you've dealt enough here so unfortunately it's it's just not going to work out for him in my opinion and i would just get out he still carries name value for now yeah for now that that's going to change i, I believe 
Yep, sooner than later. So definitely, I, I'm in complete agreement. I would, again, take that early second and be okay with it and, and just move on. Because I think that's what the Eagles are doing anyways with that pick just that they start, used. Start over with someone who didn't face plant. Essentially, yeah. Um, moving on to the next receiver, we're actually going to hit in the second round of this one. The 2.02 or the 14th pick overall in Superflex as of May 2020 was the first receiver taken in the draft during the NFL draft last year. Henry Ruggs. 26 receptions, 452 yards, two touchdowns on 13 games with the Oakland Raiders. What do you think Ruggs is going to be well, this next year? So I'm starting to think about this, and I have Rager significantly higher in my rankings than Ruggs, and I'm thinking, like, why? I do not. Right, right. But I mean, like, why? He's higher in ADP, too. So it's not just me. There, there's an ADP difference pretty significant between – it's actually bigger than the difference in my rankings, not smaller. So for some reason, Rager carries a lot more value than Ruggs. And then now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking, why? Ruggs was drafted higher. He has a better passing quarterback. I think there's no argument that Derek Carr is a better passer. He's a good passer. Like he's underrated in terms of passing. He's Sure. But yeah. I think everyone would agree that Derek Carr is a better passer than Jalen Hurts. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not in question. And then I think that he's going to be in a similar place on the target pecking order. I mean, you have Darren Waller there, but he could compete for this. I don't think the Raiders are going to take a receiver. They they already signed uh, John Brown to take over the Nelson Aguilar role. They still spent a first rounder last year on rugs early in the draft. They also spent a third rounder on Brian Edwards. They also have Hunter Renfro who can play the slot. I just, I don't see that. I don't see them using a day one or day two pick on a receiver. They might use a later pick, but I don't think they're going to use a first, a top three round pick on a receiver. I think they're going to do everything they can to get rugs relevant. That's they don't, they don't want to miss that pick. If that is making John Brown play like the decoy role and having rugs be the Nelson Aguilar role, or even moving rugs to the slot, I think that could be something rugs play to do slot and get red, just get Renfro off the field and try to, I think what they want to do is they want, their starters to be brown rugs and edwards that means but, rugs in the slot then if that well, happens. But edwards is the problem edwards yeah. is who knows if he's going to develop so if edwards just can't do it they'll have to put renfro in the slot and put rugs back on the outside yeah but uh, i would like it if edwards develops so then we could have edwards and brown on the outside and rugs in the slot where i think he could uh get open a little bit better so really? i haven't given up on rugs at all I think Ruggs is low-key buy because I think you can get him for cheaper than Rager, and I think he's better than Rager. So if I can get, like, I think I got got Ruggs for, I believe I gave up, like, 2.08 this year for Ruggs. I'm completely fine with that. That's fine. I, yeah, I I guess I, I don't know. I guess maybe I have Rager too high. Not, not, I don't think it's that I have Rugs too low. I think I have Rager too high. I'm not, not like, super in on Ruggs, but, like, I I have that mid-second eval on him which, again, it's, it's less than what he was worth last year, but still, that first-round capital, I think he's going to get an opportunity. And sometimes a player just needs more of that. The problem with Ruggs is, like, again, do I really want this guy? Like, what's the upside? What Ruggs, I just don't think, is ever going to be, like, the wide receiver is so deep. You really want Ruggs? Like, I think he's just going to be, he is what he is. Like, even his best-case scenario is not that good. That, that's the thing. Like, well, I think it's better than what we have coming in this class. Once you get past that next tier of like the Elijah Moore's that tier and the uh, so big, like I, I believe it. And I believe it, that tier should end around the two Oh six though. That's what I think. Yeah. So but getting, then you like, start to get into running backs that I might, mm, I'm just looking at it and it's, it's, it's deeper than that. I mean, I, I, I disagree with my lines a little bit. I think he fits in that, like that running back range. 
after Gainwell. And again, yeah. we're, and it's all going to shake up once people are drafted and once they get draft capital, because really? people can drop the significantly problem, farther. The problem is, that, well, people can also rise, but the problem is I'm just not excited by rugs. Like, what are you buying? What What is this going to do? Is I'm not ecstatic, like, but I'm talking about, like, give up a late second. I'd rather have a guy drafted in the first round that I at least saw for a couple games high market share has the upside to play in the slot or can play outside when we saw Nelson Aguilar succeed. And I don't think John Brown's a player used to be. Plus, John Brown can't even play certain games because of his uh, sickle cell. So especially in games in Denver, when they play, that means that he has to sit. But so. if, Nelson, if Nelson Aguilar in 2020 is Ruggs' ceiling, I don't want him. If that's the best case scenario, I'm not buying that. I mean, I'll it just depends, anyone else. It depends on the value, I think. That's the thing. It always costs more to buy players than ones that you already have. So, like, I'm just not going to – there's always a tax for that, paying for a player. So, it's the kind of thing where if I already have rugs, I'm fine with him at that, at that value. I'll keep him. But I'm not going to go out and make an effort to pay to acquire rugs given the lack of upside. I'd rather just keep my pick in that range – and try everything to trade it for anyone else that I think is squeezing out more value. That rugs would never be my choice of player to acquire. Remember that there are like 200 players in Dynasty. I don't have to buy rugs. I have. I can talk to any other team and do something else. That that's more of what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying the opportunity arose. I wasn't like, oh, I need to go buy rugs in all my leagues. I was like, oh, so I'll put some on the block. Ask what it is, and they say late second. And I'm, and I'm like, sure. Yeah, I, I think he's more of a startup target for me. Because he falls. He falls, he falls a lot. farther than he should. And then I would take him onto my team. That's, that's, I think it's more of a difference in semantics than anything else here. So I think we spoke more about Ruggs than we did his first year in his career. So let's it's move on true. to the next guy. Denzel Mims was the mm-hmm. 203 draft arrived to Ruggs. He's got some like buzz about him. And I don't get I'm it. I'm out. Completely. Out. receptions, 357 yards, zero touchdowns in his nine games. And now he's he's probably getting Zach Wilson. Let's just say that now. He's, he's getting probably. Zach Wilson. I don't know. I don't know how he's gained value by doing nothing and having a really bad rookie season. I just have no comprehension of that at all. I wrote about him versus Corey Davis. I told people that I would prefer to have Corey Davis. Corey Davis is better, like this in every him. way. Well, he's actually succeeded in the NFL doing yeah. something. Whereas Denzel Mims, not like Denzel Mims was a first-round pick. He has done nothing in the NFL at all. So maybe he'll be good, but I wasn't that in on Mims last year. I've never liked him. So I didn't like him last year. I didn't like him during the year. I don't like him now. It's not like I've changed my mind. I was never in on him. Because he went this they, high, there's, I just have no shares of him. He well, always yes, went, he went this, this range, high, and I wasn't and taking him there. Yeah, there's, because, there's two receivers I definitely have after him. We'll talk about here's what I had over him in my rankings so i never owned him i think that there's more than two receivers that went after him that i had well, over him yes i had at least two i'm looking at two I see four receivers that went after him that yeah. i had over him so i was completely out i just had no no interest in denzel mims whatsoever and i still have no interest in denzel mims looking at my rankings he's too high he needs to move down so uh, ranking really fast for me um rager rugs mims what's your order I'll go. I really don't like any of them. Uh, I'll go Rager. I want to do this. Rager, Rager, Mims, Rugs. That's your order of Rugs, the lowest. Wow. I do. See, I, I, I go. I go. Um, it's Rugs, just the way I play the game. So I go Rugs, Mims, Rager, mostly on draft capital alone. But I think that they're all going to fail. But 
I put them in the order of if they succeed, that's the order I'd want them. Rager, Mims, Ruggs. Rager okay. succeeding is the best outcome, followed by Mims, followed with Ruggs last. I think Rager is just hot garbage, but... <laughs> sure, but, if, but I think they're all garbage. I don't really like any of them. In that case, I'll go on the one that has the best outcome if they hit, which is Rager. Still. The, the gold trash bag over the, the bronze and silver, essentially. Yeah, I, I'm very out on Mims. I, he is too high on my, in my rankings. What, what has he done to gain value? That's exactly my whole thought process. Yeah, like, you said it, and anything. I agree. For me, he's lost value, not gained it. Exactly. Like I'm in the same yeah. boat as you, but this is one of the situations we need to make sure this, the gauger league Floated out there. Talk about he's getting a new quarterback. Zach Wilson, number two overall. His only competition is Corey Davis. And, like, someone's going to buy that more often than not. They also haven't released Jamison Crowder yet. I assumed they were going to. and they surprising, yeah. You save a lot of money. I'm now starting to think they're not going to. So I mean, they could keep him. They have the cap room, but just they, like, yeah, they already have the room. And honestly, someone like Jameson Crowder is a good player for a rookie quarterback to have. Yeah, a little safety net under, yeah. over the middle. Like it's yeah, sure-handed. Also, Mims and Davis are exclusively outside receivers. Yeah, they will not be in the slot at all. They don't. They're not like shifty enough. Davis can sort of go in the slot. Theoretically. You don't want him there though. But that's not where you want him. That's not where he they're, wins. They're it's outside like, receivers. So. Yeah. Yeah, having Crowder on the team. I think that the Jets are just holding off to see if they get a slot receiver in the draft. Uh, if, if they could get someone like, I don't know how they would do this, but if they could get someone like Rondell Moore or Elijah Moore. That's when Crowder gets. Slot only receivers like that, then they could yeah. cut Crowder loose. But I, I assume they're not going to get a player like that, and they're just going to keep Crowder. Maybe he might take a pay cut. That's potential too, but keep an eye on all that going into it. So going to the next one is one of my favorite receivers. This is the guy I was taking over Justin Jefferson last year. I was one of the highest guys on him is T Higgins. He went 204, 16 pick overall. Had a really good rookie season. Really 67 good. receptions, 908 yards, six touchdowns, 16 games. Like I'm in on T Higgins still. He exceeded my expectations. What did he do for you? I mean, I'm, I'm in on him. I, I like him. I was not in on T. Higgins in the pre-draft process. I wasn't out on him, but he wasn't my favorite. He was like, my wide receiver three. Yeah, he wasn't I, anywhere near I was, there. I was very high on him last year. So just to, it, was, it went CD, Judy, and then T, which I was probably one of the highest on him. So I'm like, yeah, he it, was, it worked for me. Yeah, he was my wide receiver. I don't think he was even my wide receiver five. He was, I think, lower than that. He might have been sixth. But my, my only concern with him was him having to sit behind AJ Green, or so we thought. Yeah, AJ Green for a year. AJ Green was washed. Yeah, I, I like T Higgins. I, I do have some concerns that they could draft Jamar Chase. They keep getting linked to Jamar Chase. That would um, throw a wrench into his value so hard. Jamar Chase is is he's just better. Jamar Chase is a better receiver oh, than T Higgins. It's not close. It's a laughable comparison between so the. Like, yeah, so like I like Higgins a lot, and Jamar Chase is a tier above. So don't significantly if they, if they get on the same team, the alpha is Chase. It, uh, yeah, and I'll value Chase higher immediately. Yeah, right away. Uh, Higgins might take a bump for me, like a bump down. Yeah, significantly. He would he would take a bump down for me as well. If they draft Kyle Pitts. I probably will not move Higgins as much because Pitts is just not going to have the same targets as Chase would. Also, ideally different area of the field a lot of times. Higgins is like more downfield threat, kind of big-bodied kind of guy. So 
Yeah, I, I focus less on the area of the field, I think, than some people, because that I don't find that to be consistent. Teams change the area of the field that they throw to based on the personnel that they have. So I, I'm not too concerned about that. But I see that as more of a wheel. But even, even I still think I still think they're going offensive line. I think they're going offensive line. I think that's the right move with everything. So I, I'm I'm not afraid of Higgins value dropping, but they do drop Chase, and we'll be talking about it on our live. Then stream. is the time to buy. That's when you buy. That's when you buy him. If they draft Chase, go and buy Higgins right right then and there. That would be the time. His price is going to drop more than it should. That's something we so, definitely need to monitor in that range. Yeah, right? that would be I, my I, advice. So regardless, oh, and, and sell Tyler Boyd while, while you're at it. Oh, um, stop it. Yeah, the article is being get, written right now. Fine, write it's it. being written right now. I can't wait to read your article on Tyler Boyd. The only way I'm worried about Tyler Boyd is if Kyle Pitts goes there. And again, that's because I worry about the area of the field. Yeah, I think. His, his targets are going away. But anyway, enough, enough about that. T. Higgins, I like T. Higgins. He, he's good. He's part of the reason I don't like Tyler Boyd. It's because I do like T. Higgins a lot. I think he compliments Boyd. Like I just uh, Higgins is the alpha right now on the team. Boyd is a great compliment as your wide receiver two slash three. Which is I agree with you the way it is now. The way it is now, that makes perfect sense. I just, I think it would be better for both of their value if it stays the way it is now. This is why I'm it really excited. Just, just you and me for that first half an hour on the live stream. So when we can see what the, what the Bengals do. And we I have don't want to get to the, the Bengals at that point. The first, it's going to take a long time to get through the first few picks. That's fair. But I so, just can't wait for the Bengals pick in general for that. Anywho, we'll bring up Tyler Boyd another time, which we always do apparently on this show. We have to. <laughs> Moving on to the next guy here. Higgins is great. We'll end it there. We'll see what happens in the draft. Michael Pittman, 2.05, 17th pick overall. 40 receptions, 503 yards, one touchdown in 13 games. He flashed a little bit. With all that, but I'm not sure he really saw what we needed to see from him. And now we get to Carson Wentz. What's your opinion on him? Well, he has Carson Wentz, so I'm out. I, Carson Wentz is in is incompetent. He's incapable of doing anything. You'll you'll read my article on Carson Wentz, which was just submitted to the editor. So, by the so way. Pittman's a sell right now to you. Oh, I get rid of him. I you're not going to be able to sell him for anything. He's going to play like four games with Carson Wentz, and then people are going to be like, "Oh, what have I done? What have I done?" Like, why did I think that I wanted this player? It, you're just going to be like, you're going to be pulling your hair out. He is going to be, you're going to see what's going to happen. He's going to run a route. He's going to be wide open. And Carson Wentz is going to be on the other side of the field, trying to evade a sack halfway through throwing the ball and then fumble it as he gets hit. That's what's going to happen. You, I want no part of Michael Pittman. He reminds me a lot of Jalen Rager in the way that I don't think he's good enough to overcome Wentz's um, vomit-inducing performances. So I, I'll i be out on Michael Pittman, even though I think he's a decent player. I think, he's I think, I think Pittman's improved. actually good. That's the problem. But with who they have around him now, T.Y. Hilton coming back, Carson Wentz is the quarterback. It's just like they took Pittman before they took Taylor. They won. They did, Pittman. yeah. I think that Pittman could be good. I'm not 100% sure. He wasn't a good profile coming out. He was a late declare you know, kind of receiver, late breakout, didn't really have the the metrics that we wanted. Like, he's an, always an older prospect. He's not exactly the pristine rookie profile that, that we want to see. At his current value, I would be selling him, but I think he's still a good asset. I wouldn't be, like, trying to get him off my team. I would. I'd be floating it out. I, I think he's good, but I wouldn't. I, 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 I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I, I do think you have time, yeah. 
I think you have time. I, I think the Colts re-signed T.Y. Hilton. They they gave a restricted free agent tender to Zach Pascal, which means that they have Pittman, Hilton, Pascal, and also Paris Campbell on the roster. They spent second round re- picks on receivers in the last two years. I think it would be a little rich to spend a round one or round two pick on a receiver this year. I, I think I'd love to see them get a tight end. I, I think that they're more likely to get a tight end, but I don't think that they're going to get a receiver. Yeah, they're very tight end heavy offense. And, and we, know that, we know that rookie tight ends, other than Kyle Pitts, who they're not going to get. Someone like Pat Fryermuth or Brevin Jordan is not going to contribute uh, massively to the Colts offense in year one. That, that's just not going to happen. No, so. there's still, the, still be the wrong in your head. And again, I just think he's fine. I'm not like upset. Again, I'm not sh- I'm not shopping him, but I'm listening. That's the best his way value is going to go down. After he plays with Carson Wentz, his value is going to go down. But I don't think his cell window has peaked yet either. I think when after the I think after the draft, if they don't take a receiver, I think people are still like standoffish a little bit. Maybe a little, but yeah. I, I don't think it's going to matter. I I would just I'd be looking for any opportunity to get rid of him. Fair enough. So one of the biggest risers we've been seeing um, in our startup ADP has been Brandon Ayuk. He went 2.06 in as of May 2020 rookie drafts last year. He went 60 receptions, 748 yards, five touchdowns in just 12 games. I like Ayuk a lot. What do you think of Ayuk? I, I like him. I think he's the number one wide receiver on that team. Obviously, George Kittle is the number one target. He is great. I do have a little bit of a concern that all of his production came in the games that Kittle didn't play. Pretty much. I mean, he was, if you look at the splits with and without Kittle, they were really brutal. He basically did almost nothing in the games where Kittle was there. And he did a a lot in the games that Kittle missed. That is concerning. But he still was a first-round pick. He produced as a rookie. Can't ignore those things. I I think he's better than Debo. Uh, I I think that debate's been settled for me at the moment, especially given the draft capital that favors Ayuk and Debo's injury problem. He was a surprising first-round pick, too, last year. Like, I wasn't, like, ready for him being the first. He was not surprising. Like, he's one of those guys. The NFL likes this guy. Fantasy community is out. Uh, is not in on this guy. And uh, I think we were also so burnt from the Nikhil Harry the year before coming out of the same school. Yeah, that, but that's stupid. That, I'm that's just saying, stupid. like, they, those, those things stick with you. Those minds sure. are. But I'm so, saying, like, so my, my girlfriend went to ASU, so I literally watch all the ASU games every single I was like, the only college team I really watch is ASU a lot of the time, like, during season. because That's what we go see. So I saw a lot of Ayuk, and I, I think he played better in the NFL than he did in college. The fantasy community was out on Ayuk for whatever reason. I mean, I probably more than they should have been. And he, I mean, he's a good value. I, I don't know. Now that they're going to get a quarterback, I, I, I'm going to be happier with his value, whoever it is. Anyone is better than Jimmy G. Any of the quarterbacks they could take. 100%. Yeah, that's something. I I, I really hope they take fields. I think they're going to come and just take fields. And that makes Ayuk definitely worth his price. Yeah, in my I opinion, would, I would be all in at Ayuk's current cost. But if they take Mac Jones, on the other hand, that's like where it's a little dicey on his price. Personally, I'm not sure he can sustain like Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo in that same way. Sure. The, not the for reason, fantasy. That's the thing. Fantasy the reason wise. I don't like Mac Jones is because I don't like Mac Jones as a passer. Mac Jones is pretty good. The, the issue and the reason I don't think they should take him is Mac Jones is mobile. In today's NFL, you Justin Fields can do everything as a passer that Mac Jones can do, maybe a little bit better, but at least everything. Plus, he adds a, com- a completely different dimension to his game in the running game. 
I don't I think Mac Jones, even if they did make that mistake going with Jones, I think he would still be really good for Ayuk. Would he be worth his current price though, you think? You think he's that get that good of a passer to keep Kittle at his current price, Debo being relevant and yeah. Ayuk has current price? Yes. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be. I you look at what he did in his final college season. It, it was pretty good, right? I mean, look at what Devonta Smith did. I I think that he can support multiple weapons. I think he's a great passer. There's nothing wrong with Mac Jones as a passer. My issue with Mac Jones is he offers nothing on the ground. And that that's an issue for me just from his fantasy value. But his fantasy value and what he does for the fantasy value of the receivers are not the same thing. Those are two very different things. So I, I'm not sure that I would I would not be dropping Ayuk's value if they selected Mac Jones at all. I, I think that Mac Jones, if anything, in a weird way, because he doesn't run, might be just as good for the value of the receivers. Fields is going to take volume on the ground that Jones isn't. I guess I, I just think that Fields is better in almost every way. I think he is better. Game. He's significantly better, but the fact that he runs the ball means that he's going to pass less times. Mac Jones is going to have more passing attempts in the I, same offense than Fields is. I think there, there's, there's, there's no current value. Ayuk no is a little rich for me to be in with Mac Jones. The same way as he's a little rich if he's I would be in with him on Jimmy G, but not by a lot. Like we're I was like in on him a little bit. Jimmy, even before they made the trade. So I, I guess I just disagree. I which is fine. I just I just think that offense could look um again, we only saw him work his magic pretty much when we had Kittle and or Debo off the field. That's the concerning factor. And if, I think and, a lot of that was on the quarterback play. I think that if they actually had competent quarterback play which they're going to have just given my opinion of mac jones even if they do go with jones i am very happy with him at his price i i'm paying it i mean what is his price though like what 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 do you think his price is i mean i've seen him go as high as two firsts i've seen him going for two firsts I, nobody's paying two firsts for i saw it happen in a league recently i see his draft capital in as high as the fifth round in startups fifth round Maybe that's a little rich. That's what I mean. It's, it's just a little rich. I'm not saying like a sixth round, I'm fine with it. Seventh round, I'm fine with it. I think I got him in the mock we did in like the seventh, early seventh. And I was, I loved it. All right. Here, I just, I he, he's one of the more interesting players. So just give a couple of players. His outcome's really wide, legally dependent too. So would you rather have Amari Cooper or Brandon Ayuk? Amari Cooper. Yeah. So would I. What about Allen Robinson? Oh, this hurts me. Um, uh Ayuk, i guess yeah so, so i think this is weird because i'd rather have robinson so i think i'm I, i'm so low on robinson with maybe you don't like I just, robinson I, no i love robinson do not say i don't love alan robinson i just well, hate andy dalton apparently you don't uh according to this this game but here, here's a couple others uh that right in the value range mike evans mm, this is a, I, i'm expecting fields to go there so i'll take Ayuk. and so and i'd take Ayuk also and then chase claypool Ayuk. Yeah, and Deontay Johnson. Um, Ayuk, because I expect Fields to go there. Yeah, I would take I'd take Ayuk over uh, those three no matter what. I guess it's I think I, I think I think I would move Deontay above him if Mac Jones goes there though. And and I wouldn't. That's I, but that's like where my line is. I, I it could like it's still good. I'm not saying I'd still take him over Claypool either way. And when it comes to this like rookie class, forget about comparing him to the quarterbacks, but I value him behind Jamar Chase, Najee Harris. He, he carries very similar value to, I really just have him right next to Javante Williams and behind Travis Etienne. 
I can see that. To give an idea. Yeah, no, it's about because he's. I think he's above um, Devon. Every Smith. other receiver yeah. other than Chase. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's correct. I think I think we're close. I just think like what I've seen so far might have made me a little bit jaded on like where his value range is, and that's the biggest thing in there. I think Fields like moves like tier slightly to me. I, I think I has certainly proven enough that only Chase in the 2021 receiver class should be ahead of him. If that gives people a, I think that's the most helpful thing I can give people to value him. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with that. I would take a any receiver not named Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah, in this class. Uh, yes, in this class, correct. Yeah, then the, compared to the 2021 rookies, somebody we're both in on though. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Lavisca Chenault went hmm. 208, so he was the 20th pick overall. 58 receptions, 600 receiving yards, five touchdowns in 14 games, and he gets Trevor Lawrence for the 2021 yes, season. I am so excited for Visca. So I excited. think he's the number one on the team. Same. I know you do as well. I do. So, I don't know. I can't say anything bad about Visca. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be really good. I would love to have him as my wide receiver, two on my team. I totally agree. I, I like him compared to the receivers in this class. He's getting Trevor Lawrence, which can't be understated. He's going to get a lot of PPR value, a lot of work over the middle. That's what we want in fantasy. I'm pretty excited to see how Urban Meyer uses him in that offense. He, and, he's so versatile, too. That's the thing. He yeah. can like come out of the backfield. He can do some like crazy stuff in the red zone. I think that Marvin Jones hurt Chark enough that I'm going to be putting Visca as their number one receiver. Because I think Marvin Jones and Chark literally play the same role, so they can be swapped in and out. Marvelous. So. So I think him being unique to that area and just being the guy that's probably on the field the most, especially during even gadget plays, I think he's definitely the number one receiver on that team. It's going to be very exciting to see Visca play with Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a lot of it. And, and as silly as this is, that's going to provide him dynasty insulation to his dynasty value because he just plays with Trevor Lawrence. People are going to want him. But yeah, he he's not as highly valued as Ayuk. Ayuk is worth. I know. I, I, we're, excited, we're so excited for Visca, what he could be, but I I do have Ayuk higher. I do. Yeah, Visca's not really in the same value range as anyone we've talked about. He's lower than Higgins and obviously uh, Jefferson and Lamb. Oh, I guess uh, Visca and Judy are in a similar value range, actually. Right now, yeah, I would say yeah. Visca and Judy. I, I think slightly I would... prefer Judy, but they're very close for me. I think I prefer Visca until they get into their quarterback. Denver. I just, you know, draft capital with Judy. He was picked in the first. And it's he, he produced more. It's, it's in interesting you say that now, yet you went Mims over Rugs earlier on. So it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's funny that I, it, it, you'll learn that, like, it's just whatever is convenient for me at the time sometimes. <laughs> whatever, whatever fills my narrative. Okay, guys. That's yeah, a-, a little bit. My rankings, and this is just a small window into my rankings process. I don't sit down and do these rankings like once. I, I always They're fluid. They are fluid. Right. They are I always, I'm always ranking, so I'm just always changing. I mean, we, we dropped Rager in the middle of this this chat. Yeah, and I'm gonna go and update that uh, later. And I update. I did a rankings update during the last show too. Yeah, that that's my rankings process. That's why I always say there's no one hard and fast rule. It's not like it's always draft capital or it's always this or it's always that. You just kind of have to be a little bit flexible. Let's move on to the next guy. We love Visca. Not too much to say about that. We're so excited for him to get Trevor Lawrence. One of the biggest disappointments. We've had all this greatness talking back and forth, the hype, and now we're going to be dropping it back down to Brian Edwards. Went 2.09 in Superflex where he drafts what? in 2020. 11 receptions, 193 yards, one touchdown in 12 games. He played more games than receptions. Not good. I got into the hype a little bit, but I definitely, this is about the range I was taking them in. And yeah. I was wrong. I, it's okay. You, you had your Rager. I had my Edwards. 
yeah. I was always obviously going to be more skeptical on a guy like Edwards because he went in the third round. Well, generally, guys that the Twitter community likes and the NFL draft says mm, kind of no thanks uh, tends to be those tend to be guys that I'm out on. Brian Edwards fit that profile. I hear some people oh. saying he's a value where he's going in drafts right now in startups. I just I think this, this is a make or break year. He's either going to do something this year and stick to the team or he's done. There's no in between. I think he kind of missed his chance. I think he had his chance. And I just think that third round picks often don't only get one chance. I think he's got a shot this offseason. The only he has a shot. John Brown, he's got to, he's got to show out in training camp, but there's narratives you can make like, Oh, we didn't have a training. He didn't have this. He has to show up in training camp or he is worthless. I don't know. I, I think I just would go with someone else. I'm just not that excited by Brian. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I don't even draft him. Like he's like off my board almost, unless like super, super late. And I'd mostly draft him just to like be like a tradable player. I think he's a roster clogger. He's like that Miko Hardman and like the guys he's are like a little well not he's nothing like Miko Hardman. Well Miko Hardman is actually better, but well, I don't know about that. It, it's just that they're totally different kinds of players. I yeah. mean for your dynasty team, they just clog your roster. They're too good to drop, but too bad to play. They're never gonna produce anything. I, I kind of see that, even though he's a totally different style of player, which you could see breaking out. I just think it's not gonna happen. So that's a shame, but oh well. There are so many receivers in this class. We've talked about the ones drafted in the first and second round of rookie yeah. startups last year. We still have more right now to mention that were drafted in the third round or later that did something last year. So we'll start with Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears. 61 receptions, 631 yards, four touchdowns, 16 games. Mooney had some hype this offseason when they thought they were getting um, Russell Wilson, and now they Andy Dalton, so I am out. How are you feeling? I'm pretty in on Darnell Mooney. I just uh, wrote an article about how I'm very in on Darnell I, Mooney. I like him as a receiver. Just given his price, I'm in. I, I don't know what else there is to say. There's not much to say about him. Okay, there's not there's not too much. It's either you're in or you're out, and I'm out. Gabriel Davis was playing with the number three four role last year for the Bills, but still came up pretty well for what he had available to him. There's not um, too much to say about Davis. He he plays with yeah. Josh Allen, which means that we kind of want to take a shot on him. There's no guarantee he's gonna work out. He's behind Diggs, and you know, they still have Beasley and for some reason, they signed Emmanuel Sanders, which I don't understand. So yeah, 35 reception, 599 yards, seven touchdowns in 16 games. He played great. The offense worked with him and they decided to sign Sanders, which is going to like completely hurt his value to me. So again, he like Mooney, I like the player. I mean, it just depends what the price is. I don't think people want him to do well. So I'm not sure his price is even viable right now. Given the ADP, his I'm a lot high. My ranking is significantly higher than his ADP. I could see he's a, again, I think it's one of those guys you pick at a startup, but you can't trade for. Probably, yes. Because the guys picking him probably took him above ADP, and that's they want him for that reason. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues. So, Claypool, probably my third-round pick in every rookie draft last year. So, I have so much Claypool. I was talking about him from the combine. I think he's just a great athlete. Not sure what's going on between his ears. Yeah. Too much, but... 62 receptions, 873 yards, nine touchdowns in 16 games. Electric when he was on. But now he still has um, Juju there. Deontay's still there. So is he is he the one, two, or three on that team is the question, depending on the game. I think he's the two. Johnson is the one. And Juju is barely, doesn't enter this conversation for me. In terms of dynasty, Claypool is the one I want. He's younger. He has the traits of being an alpha receiver that we want. Like, that's what you chase in, in dynasties chase get it um, oh geez that wasn't even intentional wasn't even intentional i realized it after i said it i'm gonna put a drop there for you 
We we chase. Uh, don't you dare. We chase <laughs> Chase Claypool and his alpha upside. He had those four touchdowns in one game, big plays, that kind of stuff. I, I'm pretty in on him. He's a good example of the NFL. This is the kind of player I get in a lot of drafts. The NFL said yes, but dynasty managers said no. We don't want him. He's a tight end. He, whatever, whatever reasons. I wish he was a tight end. I could put him in my tight well, end slot. That'd that be would, great. That would be very interesting. Dynasty manager said no to Chase Claypool, whereas the NFL so picked him in the second round. So they were in on Claypool. I loved his combine. Like when I saw him in the combine, he like he like turned my head when some of the plays he was making in his athleticism. Like he's the kind of guy I look for in that third round. Those guys are oh, like high, agree. high measurables. He's like high ceilings. I don't care about floor with a third round rookie pick at worst well, i burnt a third round rookie pick it was more the draft capital than any of his measurables oh i had the draft both. capital that said he should be relevant but he was going after guys like edwards who were picked way later and he showed out like there's nothing more you can really say yeah. I, although i'm kind of, i'm kind of out at his current adp price whereas i'm more or less in i'm a little higher than his current price yeah i mean i'm not too far behind you i think it's gone up a little bit too much i think his trade value is actually more than his adp which is yeah, one of their occurrences. True. His ADP has actually gone down. It went down in, in April, I think, more than it should after Juju resigned. So now I think he's a strong buy. Okay, I haven't checked since April. So might, yeah. might, he might be in my range now. But I think his trade value is just like the hardest yeah, I think now he's where you had him before and yeah. where it's a significant buy candidate for me. If you can get some of the value at that. A lot of yeah. times people that have Claypool are holding on to him and wanting that like elite-level player for him, which I get to an extent. I just don't think... Also, he's going to fulfill that to me. I do want to point out that the draft capital is everything argument doesn't always work. The the two picks who we're not going to really talk on because they're busts that were right after Chase Claypool were KJ Hamler and Van Jefferson. So both picked in the second round. Didn't work out. So maybe the measurables are like the, that high upside is a good way to tease between the players that the NFL like. I would generally recommend going for the bigger one. The big, I want the big guy. Not the whatever KJ Hamler was, the, the failure. Just the speedy slot. The... Yeah, not that. He's, and... he's, he's not bad as an NFL player, just bad for your fantasy no, But I don't team. want that guy on my fantasy team. And not whatever Van Jefferson was, which I, that one I just have no comprehension of what the NFL was seeing. But with, Ch- with Chase Claypool. And Hard Knocks got him hyped too. Van I don't Jefferson. get it. I, I, I never, I don't understand that one. But with KJ Hamler, I could. And Chase Claypool, I could see what the NFL was seeing. They, they liked them more than we did. But we should go with the guy like Chase Claypool, who's more conducive for fantasy, not KJ Hamler, who just doesn't fit what the fantasy. He's not going to get the volume that we want. Yes, yeah, so keep that in mind with, when you're using your third and fourth rookie picks is if you're looking for the, the guy in the better offense, the bigger guy that could like see the field more and the higher ceiling is what we want to look for with those picks. So that's all the receivers we're talking about. We still got tight ends to do to end on this. This one. won't take that long. Only a couple of them to talk about. And it's not because they mattered their first year, which most tight ends do not matter their first year. So we didn't expect them to. But these are guys that did not have top two round ADP, but we definitely got to talk about the tight ends because they could be something in the next year or a couple of years from now. So we'll start with Adam Troutman. He was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. 15 receptions, 171 yards, one touchdown in 15 games. But now Jared Cook is gone. He's presumed to be the guy. He was taken as one of the earlier picks, knowing they were going to let Jared Cook walk in the next season. What do you think Troutman is? Is he even usable in fantasy? Or is he someone you just want to... You can't rely on. You can't rely on him. 
I mean, he's someone you want to keep on your roster. I've come around on Troutman after seeing how they've managed their offseason. When they re-signed Jameis Winston, they did. They failed to sign any receivers in free agency. They let Cook go. I mean, they're they're going to probably get a receiving weapon in the draft, something. But they don't have a tight end. They, he is their tight end. So I, I like that he's going to have an opportunity to succeed. I, I don't know if he's going to do anything with it. He's proven nothing, really, nothing at all. He doesn't have significant draft capital. He didn't do much as a rookie. For so that team, he did have significant draft capital because he was drafted above what people expected. That, and that, like that chose him. is doesn't has shown has shown zero past success at all. All that I, matters. Is I enough. do not think he's a tight end one. I think he's definitely should no, be no, on the roster when and it comes be a, to, a matchup based. This is important when it comes to draft capital. The numbers all that matters. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't want to hear about the team traded up for i'll hear about that for a quarterback in the top five picks then maybe we can talk about a team traded up for but for the other picks it's been it's really been shown that it doesn't matter at all there's no signal to that whatsoever the only thing that matters is the number and but he was still picked in the third round which is not bad i just for a tight end and tight ends have the biggest hit rate you know more tight ends hit outside you know, you have tight ends randomly being a tight end one from like nowhere. It happens all the time. So I, I wouldn't say that he doesn't, you know, he can't succeed. I just wouldn't use the argument that they traded up for him really to help at all. I mean, the, the Rams traded up for Daryl Henderson. And what did that prove? Nothing. That doesn't really matter. I just think he's rosterable. I think he's a solid. I would, I would have my tight end two, tight end three. He could be a, um, a guy you plug in for matchups. And he could be more than what we think he is. I think that's something he to be on be. your radar. It's a completely blind, like, curtain here. We have no, nobody knows. Well, especially but, that offense with James Winston or Taysom Hill floating in there. We we don't know. We, we haven't seen well, uh, New Orleans Saints offense without Drew Brees in a very yeah, long time. No evidence really one way or another. We don't have any evidence that he's going to be good. And we don't really have any evidence that he's going to be bad. So with a player like that, he has the ultimate range of outcomes. He could be anything. So that's the kind of player I want on my team because he, he could be anything. He could be the next George Kittle. It's possible. It's in the range of outcomes. It's possible so that's the kind of guy you want on your bench so i'm all in on stashing adam troutman if he doesn't come at the price of assuming he's going to do something if he's at that price then i'm out it just depends on what price and only is that price it's just it's like bringing his name up because he's somebody you could be getting for cheap as a throw-in or like something like that but something like he's a little high for me i just given what i've seen so one of my favorite taxi stashes is actually harrison bryant of the Cleveland Browns, 24 reception, 238 yards, three touchdowns in 15 games. I call him a taxi stash because he's going to be sitting down there for a while because they do have Hooper and Njoku still. I think Njoku's going to be gone by next season. Hooper's contract does get a little bloated near the end, and that's when Bryant really is going to be coming to his own. So he's someone I like getting right now because he's basically free, and I think he's a good tight end. I, I think he's good, but when the Browns uh, picked up, they could have cut Njoku if they'd released him prior to the new league year starting. They chose not to do that. That was a big negative for me on Bryant. Now we have a whole other year of just nothing. Me, he was a fourth-round pick. Like, maybe he's going to do something. I, I'm waiting for a maybe at some point in the future. And also, Hooper, it, there's no guarantee that they're going to cut him after 2021. I actually think it's unlikely. I think that Hooper's going to be there. They still use multiple tight ends. I'm just saying, like I said, he's a guy that's literally free more often than not. I'll take and him he, for free, but... He's a guy sitting in, the, in my taxi squads or guys that have a definite throw-ins. More, he's less than Troutman 
I'd rather just take my chances, obviously, on Troutman because he he could show us now. And I want now. I don't like waiting. You don't gain dynasty value by waiting. You gain dynasty value when people do things. If he's going to be splitting time with two other tight ends, the odds that he does something on the field to increase his dynasty value are low. So I'm just I'm just not that interested right now in Bryant. I, I really wish that they had not moved forward with David and Joku. I was all in on Bryant uh, earlier in the offseason when I assumed that they were going to just release him. Because why would you pay David and Joku like $7 million to be your tight end three? That makes no sense. But that's what they did. And now his contract is fully guaranteed. So they can't get out of it anymore. I do not understand why they did that. But they did. So I mean, the, the, Browns, the Browns do questionable things. I've they do. Over and the I, years. I, disagree, I disagree with it. But that's what they did. And it was a, it was a big value loss for Bryant. So unfortunately, I, he's just someone that I've kind of moved out of my headspace that I'm really targeting. I'm just... Kind of yeah, I think, I think I think a lot of people have, but I think he's again one of those guys I'll put at the bottom of my roster. I think he's going to be something, but he's one of those long-term bottom of the roster guys. I'm not paying significantly anything for him. He's a good throw-in, yeah. or like a good if someone drops him, I would pick him up. Like he's he should not be on waivers, but no, by no means gone are the days where I was like targeting him. So our first real relevant tight end and the last player we're going to talk about, Cole Komet, Chicago Bears. Yes. Um, shout out to the Cole Komet Club. Uh, 28 reception, 204 yards, two touchdowns, 16 games. Well, was sitting behind Jimmy Graham, who had a pretty good season last year. I know. Like, somehow was like actually relevant catching touchdowns there. But then, so Komet's a good athlete. I think he's going to have a pretty decent season. He's one of those guys that are flirting with that like low end tight end one area, like in that tight end like 12 to 15 range possibility. What do you, what do you think of Komet? He's not, though. He's way lower than that. Uh, him and Troutman are only, like, three overall sparts, spots apart in DLF ADP. Not three tight end spots apart. Three overall spots. And that's why I was saying, like, I'm kind of out on Troutman because I'd rather be in on Komet at essentially the same value. Uh, they're really, they're in the same round. Komet has significantly better draft capital. He was drafted in the second. He, he had games near the end of the stretch where he played 100% of the offensive snaps. That is insane for a rookie tight end. He essentially sent Jimmy Graham to the bench, and Jimmy Graham was relegated to, like, an end zone-only role throughout the last few weeks of the season. After, I think, like, week 10, Komet was essentially an every-down player. You don't see that out of a lot of rookie tight ends. If he's really valued the same as Troutman, I'm going all-in on targeting Komet in that range i would because i don't have them anywhere near each other i have to commit significantly higher. i think i think it's with troutman rising and not commit falling is what it, uh, it's a little bit of both it's more troutman rising but a little bit of commit falling i mean i'm fine with commit that value 100 he's the guy i would be targeting if he's at that value i, I think he, agree. i think he has the possibility of actually being a tight end one we just have some evidence that commit is actually good he earned a significant snap share as a rookie tight end that's very rare with troutman we just have no idea we have it's a complete blind item whereas with Komet, he played on the field i mean he in the playoffs he was the on the field i mean teams don't put bad players on the field in the playoffs they put out the players that they think give them the best chance of winning I mean, they put and, much of risky on the field though that's a problem well unfortunately they didn't have any better options you know they put Komet on the field because he thought they thought he was their best option. It, he also kind of relegated Anthony Miller to a part-time role. And I think that's the reason why Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller gets traded too. That's going to bump up Komet, which they're trying to trade him. Yeah. I and mean, they're going to release him if they don't trade him. Komet forced them to not force them, but he encouraged them to go to 12 personnel. They felt that going 
getting him on the field in 12 personnel was better than running 11 with uh, with Miller in the slot. So that's something that they did. And I, I expect they haven't cut Jimmy Graham yet. And I, I think it, I mean, they're not going to go away from Komet as the every down tight end because they already did that. I think that they're just keeping Jimmy Graham around to play the role he played last year, which is to come on in 12 personnel whenever they run 12. But Komet is going to be the every down tight end. He can do it all. He can block. He can receive. He's not as good in the end zone maybe as Jimmy Graham, but not many players are really. No, not many players yeah. are. Jimmy even, Graham, even even old Jimmy Graham can catch some old Jimmy Graham balls. is still really good in the end zone. Yeah, but um, he's a better overall player at this at this point in Jimmy Graham's career. Comet uh, is better, so I, I like him. If that's the value he's really at, I would love to acquire him, especially in a tight end premium. Yeah, he's definitely a buy right now in tight end premium if he's at that price. So I might be uh, floating some offers out for uh, Cole Comet here when we get off this podcast. So that might be something to take away from this one. But yeah. Tyler. We've been talking for so long. I, I know. know so many receivers. We have done the entire 2020 relevant class. Yeah. Next week, we are doing the redo drafts, at least the first round of the 2020 class. And we'll probably get through a second round lightning round. Well, just see what, who goes where if we had to redo it today. So that's going to be next week's podcast. But Tyler, any closing thoughts? No, I mean, it's it's an exciting season. It's draft season. Uh, we're all just waiting for the NFL draft patiently. Pa- not so patiently, not so patiently waiting because we just want the NFL draft to happen. I, I, I think that's uh, that's kind of where we're all at right now. Yeah, that's why I want to bring this up now with the podcast. I had these like redo because in two weeks from now, we'll be talking about nothing but what the NFL yeah. draft was. Man, there's so much buzz going on. We even had like some sleeper alerts coming in about the Dolphins potentially shopping the sixth pick right now. So some things that happened during the podcast that we might go down. We'll talk to you soon.